0: The city is still alive here. Malateli. John, here's Aloisi for a flight to the world, Calriss. Tevez. fallo, Tevez. Tevez
1: Tevez, Tevez. Tevez
2: dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League, and more. Today on the show, is the A-League back to being more than a meme? Raw Salona, quality finishing, and goals galore suggests so. And should Jürgen and Ralph get the fat filter? I'm Colby, and I'm joined today
1: uh, by Damo. How are you, Damo? Good, mate. Uh, if you want any fat filters, send them my way. I am think uh, I'm the expert fat filterer at the moment. <laughs> You're
2: the chief. Fat filter officer <laughs> of, of More Than A Game, responsible yeah. for every fat filter listeners see on our social media. So
0: That's um, my
2: role, the main role. I think you'll have your work cut out for you with all of these uh, fraudulent Premier League managers um, in the next couple of weeks, Damo, just getting found out left, right and centre. Big show today though, um, we've got the Mariners, Nui and Raw Revivals. United dropping points to Everton in Fergie time. Liverpool not being able to score at home. And Jose is being found out again. And will anyone, be, will anyone drop enough points to keep Sheffield up? Um, we've got listener questions. And later on, we'll be joined by Andy and George to chat Premier League plus our More Than A Game FPL Player of the Month Award for Jan. So, huge show. Um, and and we've just seen a bit of magic uh, in the Mariners game that's led up to this podcast. But listeners will be wanting to know whether you're going to bring any more magic to your moments of the week or own goal, Damo.
1: Look, I um I really scoured the football world for any sort of magic this week, and I um I really struggled. The only uh, the only thing I came up with was a quote from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that said that. Uh, Manchester United have finally got the magic back after they won uh, 9-0 midweek and we saw how that ended up uh, this morning when (laughs) they obviously as you mentioned drew 3-3 and threw a couple leads away so uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's an own goal probably is an own goal Ollie saying that Man United have got their magic back and it's not really back is it?
2: It's a bloody struggle. I tell you what, own goal was a struggle for me this week. Normally, I've got too many. This week, I've got nothing.
1: If you want me to reel some off,
2: yeah, go on. Give it. Give us your own goal. Let's 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 start off with those.
1: Let's go with some own goal. So I think one of the biggest ones this week was um, Ajax, who admitted that they just completely forgot to register Sebastian Aller for their Europa League squad. Which is, <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't farmers league in uh, one sentence I don't know what does Um, and then I got another another good one the um, and I think I put this in the group chat earlier this week is the great grandson of Benito Mussolini signed for Lazio which is um, ironically Syria's historically right wing club and he's only young he's only a teenager and I think the, the the most ironic part of this story is that Romano Mussolini plays as a right winger
2: so it all it all fits the narrative. <laughs> How's he going to get any game time? I thought everyone at that club played right wing. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's tough to beat with the um with the i x one with Alio being left out of the squad. I mean I've done that on FIFA like no end of times, just like left you know in career mode, you're going on to another match and just just left the player out of my squad inexplicably, and then i like, I get to make a sub and he's nowhere to be seen, so I mean I well, the.
1: He wasn't just left out of one match day squad. He was left out of like the registration period. He can't actually <laughs> play in the Europa League at all. They completely forgot to register him. So anytime they play in Europe, he's just got to sit at home now.
2: That's so cooked. Like we would we'd be getting into, we'd be getting stuck into A-League clubs if they did something like that, being like, oh, come on guys. Like, you, you know, this is so unprofessional and, and all the rest of it. But these guys are like, you know, Champions of champions of Europe. Once upon a time, once upon a time, you know, powerhouse club. They're no, they're no um, two-bit outfit. I mean, we, I know, we like to say the air Eredivisie and uh, French <laughs> leagues are a bit of a farmer's league sometimes. But geez, come on, you'd expect more from Ajax, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Quick moment of the week, though, from me. I mean, it's just the just the Barcelona. Raw Barcelona Raw are back. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. We've been able to get excited for games for the first time in in a, like quite a few years. Uh, The the style of football is very attractive, scoring a lot of goals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, when we cover the Brisbane uh, victory game.
2: Plenty more on that later. Uh, But we do have uh, another listener question this week. We, We put out a question on Twitter, Facebook and Reddit for a bit of a discussion this week. And this week, the question was, what can you put your finger on as to why this season is so entertaining and unpredictable? And can you remember a better start to an A-League season ever? Um, and this, demo, this got a lot of responses. Um, I'm sure you've seen them all come in and I've listed a bunch of them here. But they, they, there's a couple of themes that came through from them. And the first one is just the youth. Listeners gave a lot of reasons for that, like salary cap and COVID reasons. Um, Lachlan Perry on Twitter just said youth in all caps. <laughs> 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 uh Felvy, mups Mupps uh on Twitter said giving the young lads a chance. New and off, Wenzel Halls, Qual, Dagostino, Yule, Brimmer, Wood, etc. etc. They all want to prove themselves and to play well. And it's great. And almost every young player is having a breakout season.
1: <laughs> a quote from uh More Than Game Zone, Tommy C says, young players like Yule. <laughs> <Tommy> <laughs> I don't know, know if that's GR or it <laughs> <laughs> wants to be heard.
2: <laughs> I thought that was funny because we already had like two responses saying Yule and then Tommy just thought we would get in there as well. But um, FC, I like this one on Reddit. Um, he put it well saying, or he or she put it well saying, lots of teams unbalanced by cap reduction related departures. Plus, kids getting more game time has meant that the worst teams aren't falling behind and the best teams aren't pulling out in front as much. So FC seems to think um, that this COVID period and youth breakout has been a bit of an equaliser for the league.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, that's probably, you know, in answering the question about how it's been so unpredictable, is the, the league seems a far more flat line than it than it ever has for me, probably since, you know, the third, fourth, fifth seasons of the A-League where there wasn't really the big clubs and the small clubs around that kind of time. It, it, it seems like everyone's on a level playing field this year and, and that's what makes it so exciting for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just, it like feeling like anyone could pretty much win on their day is like exactly what you want in any league. And it, I mean, it's so far so good. It looks like we're really getting that. Greened at 42 on Reddit sort of, sort of echoed that sentiment, saying the salary cap reduction has forced out a lot of A League journeymen and forced clubs to develop youth. And this has energized the comp, leading to fast paced, unpredictable, and entertaining games. And it would be a shame if we revert it back. So, yeah, you'd, you'd really hope that after everyone's seen. Um, you know, this season, if it continues the way it is, um, once things open up a lot more, we sort of ditch the ditch the journeyman and um, and you know stick with this sort of style because it's really working. Um, some other people commented on the later start to the season, so a couple <laughs> of months uh, later than usual. Stanny FC, Stanny CFC on Twitter says, uh, "Less games in stupid heat and more young players." And Ash says, "Football in the summer." Winky face. <laughs> I guess we'll get to the um the, the coveted promised land of A League winter seasons soon enough, but uh, maybe the maybe the summer season, you know, a bit later on has something to do with it. Uh, Lee Broxham facts says that he feels like every team doesn't really have a solid defensive midfielder bunch. Uh, so I mean, I, I guess he's getting at a lack of lack of defending being great for the excitement in the league this season.
1: Is, he, is is he speaking on behalf of Melbourne Victory or on behalf of the A-League because I feel like it's a very Melbourne Victory specific comment I think he's probably <laughs> speaking about what he knows <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a few good there's a few young uh, good defensive midfielders out there like yeah. Evans and yeah, yeah um and, and and some of those kind of guys um they Newenhoffs and,
1: they and a, yeah <laughs> but he, um uh,
2: yeah, there is a distinct uh, lack of defending in in some of the games we've seen um, and a couple of other people commented on um, what I would call the bellwether clubs of the A-League and the Mariners are one of them. Jack McDonald on Facebook says the Mariners are going well, it's simple and positive about stuff on Reddit says the swing in quality away from recently successful towards less recently successful teams, except Sydney for the moment. And he loves that Central Coast is smashing it and New Year giving it a red hot crack.
1: Yeah, this I thought this was a really interesting comment because I was I was looking back at um, history of A League winners and who who was at the top of the league and the A League seemed kind of secular in that you know the first couple of seasons it was Sydney, Adelaide, Melbourne. They were the teams that were unbeatable and and then they kind of dropped off and, and it seems that way when the when the salary cap you get too many players that want too much money and all of a sudden you've got to kind of do a reshuffle and a rebuild and. And those teams dropped off, and the place was taken by Central Coast, Brisbane, Newcastle, and then that kind of circled away again. And Sydney Victory came back, and and that's kind of trended back to where we are now, where we're seeing those per se smaller clubs doing well again.
2: Yeah, it was it was looking like for a while it wasn't going to change. Though I was worried that it was just going to be Sydney and Melbourne Victory just running away with it for years, and it was almost getting like like I don't I don't want to watch sydney you know win 16 titles in a row or something like that like it's just not good for any league to have that and and i think that that that's just such a huge part to do with it like traditionally successful clubs like the roar and the mariners um you know having a good season um could be yeah you couldn't get a better uh thing for the league i don't think in terms of excitement and unpredictability um and you can always send us your questions comments or hot takes into mtagpodcast at gmail.com or on any of our social media links links to all of those in the show notes coming up next though the Bunnings A-League Match Week
3: 7 lovely little touch through there from Danzaki and Wenzel Halls, he can't stop scoring Dylan Wenzel Halls Here's Scott McDonald. Oh, what a goal. Brisbane Raw have doubled their advantage. Scott McDonald wants to go over and celebrate by himself. Corner's a good one. Again, it's a free header, and it's a fourth, and it's a double to Scott McDonald. Here's Jake Brimmer. too easy. Too easy. And victory, perhaps, are back in business. Donald and Gillespie continues just... Invitation to stroll through, back post, another goal. Danzaki with a double. And Brisbane are now top of the league. Melbourne victory, the bottom. And that is the disparity between the two sides this afternoon. A wonderful afternoon for the home side. In the end, Brisbane raw 5, Melbourne victory 2. So
2: it was a wild first half at Dolphins, which saw six goals for just the sixth time in A-League history as the Raw put the Vuck to the sword. Damo you watched this one live but uh you said in the group chat you managed to miss five of the goals uh all in the first half first of all what were you doing
1: so I um I was very time constrained yesterday and I thought I'd I'd squeeze in a quick run at 4 30 so I'd be home by five I went a little bit slower than anticipated and I got home at one minute or two minutes past five and I had to have a quick shower so uh you know, I dipped in, turned the game on, watched a couple of minutes, had a shower, came back and it was 3-3-1. Uh, three, three, so that that wasn't very fun. And then uh had to do a quick quick run to the toilet and grab a drink and I came back and it was 4-1. So the game had been going for it was a 34 minutes and I think I'd watched about 15, 20 minutes of the game and I'd missed five goals. So it uh, was, wasn't my finest moment, but <laughs> I, I did see the rest of the goals. So that, that was good enough for me.
2: You did get tweeted by the Brisbane Roar official account uh, for your uh, screenshotted group chat saying that you missed all five goals. So, um, I mean, that's something at least. But have you have you caught up with them now?
1: I did. I watched all the goals, and I mean, some some of them were brilliant. I mean, and I think we've got a note on here that says, "Are Brisbane the real deal?" And I think just the pure confidence that's just flowing through that team at the moment. You, You don't score goals individually team play-wise that they scored without just having this air of confidence around the club and around the playing group. I think like goals like that just don't come if there's not confidence around the around the team.
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, Brisbane are um, four from five now in terms of wins. They've got games in hand on the Mariners. And, yeah, so Brisbane are sitting top of the table on goal difference at the moment. So, I mean, it, it's, it's looking like early season, we know, but like the way they're playing and the consistency they're showing, it's looking like they very well could be. And the golden boot race as well um, could be pretty spicy this season, as we've seen as well. Dylan Wenzel-Halls and Alu Qual tied for the golden boot race, both with five goals, five goals in five appearances for Dill um, and five in seven for Alu. Damo, what do you reckon about this this golden boot race? Do we want to revise our early call on Jamie McLaren or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jamie McLaren seemed the obvious option who, because he's the Socceroos number nine, but my boy Ale Kowal is on fire and uh Dylan Wenzel Halls is is doing his thing. He's he's scoring goals like he did in the, the Queensland NPL. And and don't forget that uh Nick Dagostino, I think, is on four as well, just behind them. So we've got three three players who are all the top of the golden boot standings in the A-League are all vying for the, the spot in the Olly Roos, while we've got Jamie McLaren and Tommy Urich and Mitchell Duke who are all trying to get themselves in contention for the Socceroos number nine spot who really haven't done anything.
2: So there's lots uh, lots of incentive. I mean, aside from just winning the golden boot, like there's lots of incentive for all of these players to give it a, give it a red hot go this season. And it looks like the trend's only going to continue um, just – seen games full of goals and
1: I just I was just going to say I had a, a, a good interview with there was a good interview with Alu Kowal after the the Mariners game just earlier and uh, Rob, Robbie Slater tried to get him to say that he wanted to commit to Australia and wanted to be part of the Oli selection and and Alu kind of brushed him off and saying I, I don't really care well it's not that I don't care it's just anyone who offers me international football I'm going to take it I'd, I'd be happy to play for Australia but you know they've got to come knocking first essentially yeah. is what he said
2: <laughs> i dare say if he keeps his form up he'll um you know he'll he'll be in line for a, for an olly Roos call up assuming the olly Roos play any games this year um, yeah that's you know, right there's, there's, there's an olympics that's supposed to happen but i, I don't think anybody thinks that it's going to happen aside from the organizing committee of the olympics <laughs> yeah. who are desperate to happen but i don't think anyone else really thinks that this is going ahead um, and and we should say we should say a word about the Vuck in this game. Um, we we've been known to lay the boot into them. We need we need a bit more balance on the pod. But let's just let's just talk about their their form and um, they've shipped a lot of goals. They've they've lost a lot of games. They're sitting rock bottom. Um, I, I didn't see Vuck Twitter after this, but um, you know are they going to start demanding that Brebs get sacked or should he be given more time? And and who's responsible for this uh, run of bad form, Demo?
1: Look, I read, I read a good um, comment on Twitter that I, I couldn't actually find when I was when I was thinking about this and trying to bring it up, that th- this current form of Melbourne Victory is a reflection of of where the club, backroom staff the, and their approach to Melbourne Victory is like make-up. Since about halfway through last season when, you know, things started to go poorly and, and the club kind of said, all right, well, we're going to cut some costs, we're going to bring in a... A manager that's already at the club we're not going to bring in big plays like we always have you know and they've kind of cut costs everywhere and half-assed a lot of things that they haven't for many many years and and I mean their form is is essentially a reflection of of how the the backroom staff and the in the the committee at the club have tried to organize the club all over the place
2: so basically the club have sold the manager and the playing group a bit short
1: yeah I think that that's an easy way to put
2: it yeah definitely Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously the manager has to take some level of responsibility, but I mean, yeah, we, with that kind of, um, investment, I guess for the season, uh, you know, with, with a club like Melbourne victory who normally by a league standards, bring in the big guns and, um, and really push the boat out every season. Um, this is a bit of a different one for them. And uh, especially after last season, um, you know, the, the bad season they had, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be another one, but yeah, for, for different reasons
1: yeah i mean to answer your question about brebner i think victory don't really have an option i think they've got to keep him around because you know what's the benefit in sacking brebner at the moment and bringing in a new manager into into a role where he's probably going to finish last or second or third last anyway you may as well let brebner ride it out and then completely refresh it would be absolutely ridiculous
2: to get rid of him and i mean the question really only comes from, um, you know, a response to some pretty reactionary um, VUC fans that I've sort of seen on Twitter um, blowing up about this. I mean, obviously, with the recent success that the clubs had, there's a lot of a lot of fans of the club who aren't too used to um, losing like this and in the manner uh, of some of these losses either. So, um, yeah, a fair, fair bit of um, fair bit of reactionary uh, stuff on Twitter from VUC fans. But let's let's move on though. A lot of a lot of A League games to cover this week. We said we said going into this that we were only going to cover like the top two or three games uh, and then just sort of leave the rest. But I think we're going to end up talking about just about all of the football, um, at least from the weekend, because it's just been so good. But we, we have to talk about Mariners and the Woo. So uh, after a big come-from-behind win over Melbourne City midweek and Matty Simon's big 200 for the club, the Mariners have gone and done it again, coming from behind twice in this game to beat the Woo at home uh, thanks in large part to Alu Kual. Damo, what's the Mariners ceiling this season?
1: Look, I, I'm still hesitant to say that they'll be competing for the title. I still, and you know, I mean, I, this is based on no statistical evidence or anything. This is just, you know, a whim, a feeling that I've got that I don't think they'll be able to last last the um, the full season at this kind of level. The, the A lot of the wins they've got, they've come from behind, which is good now, but Later on in the season when it gets a bit of a grind and you're going behind after half an hour, have you really got it in? You come back and get three points every game. Something's got to change. They've got to go ahead and got to hold leads, which they haven't been doing.
2: What you said there, um, you you know, it's sort of a bit of a feeling. And it's like if if you're doing tipping comps, I always find like it's it's the feeling you get when you're looking ahead to the fixture and you're like the Mariners, can I – can I trust them? Can I take them seriously? <laughs> yeah. Do I think they're going to get points this weekend? And and I found myself like on a on a sort of night teetering on a knife's edge, going, Oh, I think they might be able to get it, but I don't have full faith in them yet. But and I guess surely the day would be coming soon that we're gonna have to consider them a serious team again.
1: Yeah. But you know, this could be one of those cases of like Leicester when they won the Premier League years ago where it was you know, even in you know, October and November, people are saying, Oh, yeah, they're gonna fall off. And then every week for the next, you know, twenty-five weeks, people are saying, Oh, they're gonna fall off, oh, they're gonna fall off, it's inevitable, it's inevitable. I mean, I, I don't think it'll be a situation like that with the Mariners, but who knows? The Mariners could just keep winning games. And uh Matt, if any if Matt Simon's got anything to say about it, he thinks they can win away from home as well. Because I mean, that's another point to make is that um, all of their wins and all of their formers come at home at the moment, so it's it's different traveling away from home and getting points, particularly going to to di- difficult venues like Brisbane and Redcliffe, like Perth. Melbourne's always a hard place to go to against any team you play. You know, th- these are tough games and tough away trips.
2: It's funny you should um, bring in the Leicester comparison to um to the Mariners season because I was actually having a conversation. Um, friend of the pod Matt Olson, got into my DMs during the week after the Melbourne City Mariners game and was sort of was sort of drawing the comparison saying it's it's reminiscent of Leicester saying they were, they were they were only aiming for 40 points the year they won the league given their performances and results so far there's a bit of a comparison to be made with the Mariners and De Silva was coming out under that after that City game saying, oh, look, you know, we're only aiming for sixth. We think that that's pretty much the best we can do or something to that effect. But he basically drew that same comparison as well with everyone sort of downplaying it and just being like, yeah, we're going to go hard and go for sixth, which every A-League club says. But, um, yeah, funny you should say that as well.
1: Yeah, I guess it's kind of win-win for the Mariners at the moment, right? Because there's nothing expected of them. And I'm pretty sure every single one of us on the pod here predicted the finish either last or second last. So anything better than that is a bonus. So there's no expectation of them to continue this form. So there's no pressure on them to continue this form. So as long as they keep winning, everyone just keeps going, oh, this is is fun. (laughs) There's no pressure on them to keep going
2: yeah, that's right. Um, well, it is their best start to the season since twelve thirteen, um which we just heard on the on the coverage of the game. Um, and yeah, look, I, I really hope they make finals, and it's just so it's so good to see them winning games again, especially at home with the crowd, and um, yeah, you just absolutely love to see it. They're just one of those clubs that I think everyone has a has a bit of a soft spot for given their history. The South by Southwest Derby, I don't know if we're calling it that still, but uh, (laughs) MacArthur and Western Sydney Wanderers um, has produced um, what a lot of people are calling a bit of a classic, but the Wanderers grabbed a point on the road despite going behind twice. A team that many pundits picked to be challenging this season, the Mac Bulls, they haven't got off to a flying start, Demo: two wins, two losses uh, and two draws. Are they overhyped?
1: I think on the main yes and I think if we go back to um our our season predictions um one or two of us you know mentioned the fact that uh, the McBulls might struggle to make the finals and and it turned a couple of heads from from other people on the pod um thinking oh really everyone else is you know expecting them to do well and I think yeah on paper the team looks really good but you know, like like we, we made points previously, they've only been together a couple of months. And, you know, being at a brand new club is a tough place to build something. So, yes, I think they're overhyped. And I think both individual players are overhyped. The team as a whole are overhyped. Yeah, I think that they will be fighting for a final spot.
2: Fighting, but maybe not winning. Um, <laughs> Scott, Mr. <laughs> Worldwide on Twitter agrees with you, Damo. He says he, he thinks they'll struggle to make the top six this season. But a moment in this, or a couple of moments in this game that we should talk about because they got a lot of people um, around the world talking was uh, the, the FIFA time, FIFA esque goal mouth scramble and Keanu Baxter's uh, scorpion kick assist. Um, they've been doing the rounds overseas and just wanted to ask you because we've got to listen to question. Considering the rising popularity, this comes from A League Villa on Twitter. Say, uh, they say, considering the rising popularity of the A League overseas, um, and he says that that Bacchus assist has what, plus one million views on social media globally. Should the APL focus on advertising blitz in these areas? I think he's asking: Should we be pushing overseas marketing more?
1: Oh, look, it's a, it's a difficult question, right? Because you know, primarily the the goal is to build the game and the supporting base in Australia. Um, that that's where the big TV money is going to come from. That's where the support's going to come from and the growth of the game's going to come from. If people internationally watch it and recognise it through social media posts and, and social media marketing and engagement that way, then that's a great thing. But I don't think uh, the league or the governing body as a whole should make that a priority to to market the game to international people. It's, it, it's, it's difficult to market a league that is at a certain level, that can't get above a certain level, you market it to a global audience that have got leagues that are a far greater level and i think
2: that's a good point about like it's not the it's not the people overseas that are going to be the bums on seats but i think maybe the conversation does shift slightly if and when the a league sort of develops its own or you know gets the own right it's its own rights to its streaming and all the rest of that kind of stuff and it can basically license itself out and there is feasibly money to be made somehow in, in sort of selling the, the broadcast rights itself overseas. So maybe, maybe there is because I know obviously, you know, there's a bit of a, a cult following of the A-League in parts of the US and the UK and weird are parts of the middle east like betting betting communities yeah that are are commenting on every time the a-league posts (laughs) that uh tweet where it has like all the time zones everyone's saying like what about um what about all these places like in the middle east that come up in the comments (laughs) so i mean there's there's clearly followings i don't know always for what reason whether they're watching the games or they're just like sports betting not sure um, but there is there is uh followings overseas and it's reflected in our listenership as well we've got um you know a, a portion of our listeners that are based in the uk and based in the us as well so um yeah not not just australians that are that are following along with our league
1: yeah and, and i mean the these posts that you know have been making you know those big views worldwide i mean that they were pretty extraordinary kind of incidents they the goal mouth scramble that, you know, was a very FIFA-esque. And I think the A-League official post said, this is how controllers get broken. And um, Tommy C sent out a tweet live during the games and that's real FIFA kind of shit or something like that. And it, it really was. It just didn't seem like if that happened on FIFA, you lament the game for being so fake and I hate this game. That would never happen in real life. <laughs>
2: Well, if the Scorpion kick, if the opposition on FIFA got a Scorpion kick and then a headed goal, like, <laughs> I'd be throwing my controller across the room. <laughs> I'd be like, that's bullshit. That doesn't yeah.
1: happen. I mean, uh, they're, they're both like one in a season kind of occurrences and they happened within five minutes of each other in the same game for the same yeah. team as well.
2: I actually think um, I actually think uh, Cox's reaction and finish with that header was very underrated because all the attention went to Keanu Backus, um, but it was He just Cox's threw a leg life. at it a split yeah just threw his leg out at it but it was Cox that actually had to finish it and he had like a split second to react and not only does he get it down but he directs it down into the bottom corner as well I think that was a fantastic finish it was really underrated a few other observations from from this one the the Doran's goal that caught Federici off his line big shades of soccer friendly against Greece areas there I remember um a bunch of us, because that was in in Melbourne a couple of years ago, just before um, Ange Postecoglou left the Ruse job, um, and Federici was was playing in this game, and Postecoglou had instructed him to hold a very high line, and he got lobbed from before, like before halfway, like sixty meters out from goal or something like that. So this wasn't as as much, but it was just funny that it happened to the poor bloke again. He's probably only just gotten over that other one.
1: I mean. I I, the first comment I made is what on earth is Federici doing? Because you watch that back and as soon as that ball's lost, you know, and and Dorans is breaking, it's like 20 metres into his own half. Federici takes a few steps forward and then he changes his mind and he just starts like jogging, backtracking backwards, you know, running backwards. If I'm the goalkeeper, I'm like turning around and absolutely (laughs) legging it back to the line. and, And, you know, I'm getting there as quick as I can while keeping an eye over my shoulder, what's going on? I'm not, like, talking back going, oh, yeah, what's he going to do? Oh, shit, he's loved me, <laughs> you know? And so, I think one of the funniest parts is he was still, like, 30 yards out and he tried to get a hand to it out like, 20 yards outside of his own box.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, maybe he'll learn his lesson, maybe he won't. I don't know. Federici plays by his own rules, I think. Uh, Good
1: shot stopper, but uh, maybe stay a little bit close to his line.
2: (laughs) He's sort of like a better version, a slightly better version of Jamie Young, I reckon. Like that, yeah, same kind of build, same kind of shot stopping, but they all have like they've both got like something dumb in them, like every now and again. (laughs) Yeah, Um, good
0: comparison.
2: Newey and City, Damo. Uh, City have gone down to both of last year's bottom two this week. First the Mariners and tonight going down 1-0 to Newey thanks to a first-half goal from Valentino Yule. Who were we more wrong about, Newey or City, in our pre-season predictions?
1: I mean... I was really high on City and really low on uh, Newcastle, so I, I said Newcastle were going to finish bottom, and I also said City were going to finish second and win the grand final. And and I think <laughs> I, I put a question. I, so I I don't know how to answer your question. It's probably a bit of both. <laughs> we were
2: wrong. Both. I think there's both. <laughs> you put a couple of questions That's... out, Damo. So why? Don't yeah, you go on with that?
1: yeah. I put a couple of questions out on um, Twitter. I think and the the first one was was you know have City been overrated from the start or are they just misfiring you know what like are they still a good side that just aren't playing well or did everyone expect too much of them and i think we got a good we got a few good comments that were um it was a bit of both and in, in people saying particularly city fans saying to us that i think a lot of the expectation and pressure came from outside the club if you if you had asked the the players themselves, or the city fans themselves, and they wouldn't have expected the success that everyone else had, had projected for them. I mean, they're a, a team with a, a coach in their first year, um, They're a team that have, have sort of trying to rebuild something, and um, it, you know, a few new players have come in, and they didn't expect to win the league or, or be up there, but um, I'm sure they would have hoped. Uh, but I, I think it's probably a bit of both. They're they're both really underperforming and. They obviously missed Naboo and and I think there was a bit too much expected of them.
2: I think that's right. Um, Probably overrated, I would have to say, um, and given those comments from a lot of the City fans that we had um, on that question when you put it out on Twitter. But I think, yeah, huge, huge part needs to go to that first-time manager. Um, And I actually think that Montbert's had them just, I mean, really, really firing. And I think we're just, we're really clearly seeing, you know, we've got the ABA experiment we we had city before momberts okay that was their level when momberts came in their level went up when he left their city went down uh, their level went um you know has dipped back down again so i think we can sort of see um what the uh, what the change was there um, yeah
1: look and i think momberts had a very um uh, clear identity and style of how he wanted to play and we had a good comment from um Matt F on Twitter that said they don't seem to have any plans with the ball. It's hard to see what style they're striving to play. They look very mediocre and Jamie McLaren isn't getting any supply of the ball whatsoever, which I think really sums up watching City and as a City fan it must be so frustrating because to have the same playing group that played so well last year that kind of look a little bit lost so far this year.
2: And super frustrating because when Maka does get that supply, he scores goals. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got this guy up there that you know is going to score goals when given the opportunity and just to have him being staffed up there is is not great. You also asked, can City really be considered to be one of the league's big clubs? And we had a few interesting responses on that. And it was, you know, they were, they were really about, like they sort of centred around City not having won anything yet. They've won the FFA Cup, but they haven't won the league yet and they probably can't be considered to be a big club until they've at least won the league. Um, and at least until the investment in them starts to reflect the backing because I, I guess everyone started to consider them a big club when the City Group took over, um, but really the, the City Group haven't put the investment into them that we would have expected um, to sort of match up with that big backing.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think a lot of the comments said that, you know, that perception stems from the investment from the City Football Group and, um, you no, know, I thought... I kind of pose this question because Matt Simon during the week in the lead-up to the um, Melbourne City game said that, you know, they're a big club and, and we're looking to get a scalp over a big club. Um, and the fact that, you know, other players from other teams are looking at Melbourne City as a big club, um, the perception from the outside is that they there is more expected of them than, than they do win, but they really haven't won anything.
2: We'll have to wait and see uh, with the how the rest of the season goes for City. Um, they've, they've played five so far. They're sitting eighth. Maybe can't get too concerned yet, but they have lost four of their last five. So um, they've got a long way to go uh, to sort of get back to the level. And it's really in the performances, I think, that um, they need to really start lifting and, and then the results will follow. Last game uh, of the round that we'll cover was Adelaide and Perth from Friday night. I don't really want to talk too much about the game, but I just want to talk about this Mork (laughs) versus Kilkenny. I'm all about this. Um, So if you didn't see this, Mork after scoring um, in the first half, basically just shit canning him and apparently asked for the interview to trash his ex-teammate. And then Kilkenny, um, you Know had Mork's comments put to him after the game after Kilkenny had been quite influential in the win and saying maybe maybe um Mork should write that in his diary instead of saying things um out on the pitch. Damo, what did you make of
1: this whole shenanigans? I think Stefan Mork probably feels like a bit of an idiot after all of this, and I think Kilkenny he came off looking a little bit smug because it's easy in hindsight to kind of shoot down someone's comments, but I mean, he did he did put it pretty blatantly that I played at City for a year and a half. I got player of the season, the full season I played there, and then I had a falling out with the manager who didn't like me and sent me somewhere else. So it's it's he's he's pretty spot on about that. And and I don't really know. Stefan Mork must have someone must have said something to him during the first half and was a little bit grumpy and he probably should have held his tongue a bit at half time
2: it's like a fight that you sort of want both people to lose
1: (laughs) (laughs) like they're both thoroughly
2: unlikable blokes um but do you think people don't give Kilkenny enough respect do you think that's a bit of a wider theme
1: in some ways I think people respect who Kilkenny is as a player and respect his abilities but I think like you said he's a bit of an unlikable guy and doesn't really get get people on side um He's got a good playing career and, and, you know, he's played internationally. He's played at nearly every level of the game in England. So, I mean, people respect his career and and the football that he's played. But, I mean, people don't like him.
2: And, um, I mean, this all came about from like a halftime interview. Um, And I haven't seen this in too many other leagues, this like where they all get a player mic'd up at halftime. Is this a bit of an A-League innovation? And and what do you think? Do you like it? Do you like the players um, coming and just speaking their mind at halftime?
1: You know, I think they started doing this last year and they were doing it, you know, holding a mic as they were walking off together towards a tunnel. And this year it's become far more prominent because they can't actually just like hold a microphone under someone's face, have to pull someone aside, put the big headphones on them and get them to stand there and do an interview. I just, I don't understand it. If I was a player, it's the last thing I'd be wanting to do is is do an interview at halftime. Um, the a League's obviously trying to find something and, and look, they, they get stories and narratives out of games like the Mork versus Kilkenny thing. So next time Adelaide play Perth is a great selling point for the game.
2: I actually really like it for that reason. Like, you know, all it takes is a smart producer to sort of ask the right questions of a player at halftime and you can have that continue at full time with another player or the same player or whatever you know and the player doesn't have time to overthink it and and you know get their media training sort of hat back on and you know it's half time you just run off the pitch like they're they're not going to necessarily be um be, be sharpened up and just giving like flat bat answers so yeah i quite like it for that reason okay well let's let's take a quick break um and then we will come back for match days 22 and 23 of the premier league Two games this week, um, and just four points to show for it for Manchester United. United were up two 0 at halftime and dominating the first half against Everton. Um, as we welcome George into the pod, uh, George, um, how did United let this lead slip twice here?
4: Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, this is the best they've played, I think, all season, and and yet uh, they they couldn't con- and 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 uh, they couldn't concentrate for like the last. Two minutes of the game, and, and and obviously when they when they were up as well, that, that they were cruising at halftime. So I don't know what Ollie said in the halftime talk, but uh, the, the the first ten minutes of the second half, they they it. They got another lucky goal, and then they blew it again in the last minute. So it's it's just a sign of a a, a team that are not ready to be champions, I guess.
1: I could, yeah, could have said I, it better. At, uh, I put out a good tweet this morning. Uh, the, the irony that Man United dropped points at home in Fergie time was the best part of the day. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: It was so good. Was
2: I
1: think so there, good. Was
4: op-
2: there was an There was an stat, boys. It's the second time in Premier League history that United have led a home game slipped by two goals leading at halftime uh and failed to win. So it's it's a big result. Um but I mean it all it really all came down to that last kick of the game, Maguire playing on uh Dominic Calvert Lewin for the equalizer. Maguire hasn't been the same since Greece. Um George yeah. <laughs> do um do United need an upgrade and
4: well, I'm just a bit worried about where where he's going to. Um, is, is he going to go overseas before the Euros? Is he going to go somewhere else? So, just Cyprus. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But it just as long as he. Well, does he need to get arrested again to to go back to his old form, or does he? <laughs> maybe he should just try How some philanthropy or something. <laughs> do some community service somewhere. Um, help out with get the some, vaccines. Help out yeah, with the get, vaccines here.
1: Get some school kids some lunches.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go we need, work we a rash, really rash need to work out recovery. how to rehab harry <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely lost it so yeah and and then and that freak and that last minute free kick the whole united team stepped up and harry just stayed stayed there and they were, they were like playing four everton guys on so it was pretty, yeah, he pretty the whole crazy. Team on yeah yeah, yeah. So, and there was there was actually some um chat here about De Gea should have come out and and sort of tried to squash it but I don't, I don't know about that one. So I don't. I don't blame De Gea for that one, actually. And
2: uh, yeah, I think with the high line, it's not really for De Gea to step up, is it?
4: Yeah. No, no. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, he didn't have his his, his best game either. But um, uh, speaking of goalkeepers, um, who, who was Everton's um, sub keeper? Robin Olsen. Olsen. Gee whiz. Gee whiz. He he got a couple of assists, didn't he?
2: That's right. Um, we've just been joined by Andy, finally, uh, finally making his way onto the pod. We're just talking. Um, we're just talking about the United Everton game, Andy. Um, yeah. Talking about Maguire playing the whole team on, and basically both keepers giving a few assists tonight. But what, what did you make of this one? And what did you make of United basically scoring twelve goals in two games and only having four points to show for it?
0: Well, you've, you've summed it up pretty well. Um, Maguire certainly made the case for him himself to join Dean Smith's Sunday League. So um, that was some of the, the most unique defensive action I've seen. Uh, United, uh, look, it's lovely to see fans get brought back to earth. This is, I, I think this is just a, a fair reflection of where that team is, is at. They are on, on their day good and they can score goals. But uh, the results, I think, are, are going to level out for them.
2: And we should we should praise United though, boys. Um, the nine nil Southampton midweek. You know it's two it's two games old now, but it bears it bears commenting on because of the 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 nine goals United absolutely put putting Southampton to the sword, and they they beat what's in front of them. That's what they needed to do. They needed to yeah. put the foot down. But Southampton, firstly, Yankowitz, what are you thinking? Making that weird
0: challenge?
2: weird Al we weird weird Al Yankewitz.
1: <laughs> I thought it was quite funny that only about four days before this this game, which which was his starting debut, he had come out in the media and said that he actually wanted to leave Southampton. Uh, gets his first ever start in the Premier League and gets sent off after 80 seconds. So he, um, yeah, you, if he wanted to leave, then um, then he's he's really chosen the back door or the front door rather. He's walking right out. <laughs> yeah,
0: can you think of a better like self destruction um, <laughs> than that?
2: <laughs> i think he should have i think he should have just like gone via the changing rooms that game like taking his boots off and just like got in his car and just left just left, the left, stadium his,
0: left his kit in the change room and just gone home <laughs> just stuck in the wash bag and like <laughs> see, see you see bikes later yeah
2: and and just on ralph boys just on a more serious note like this is the second nine nil now um for ralph hassenhutel i don't know whether that's been talked about too much but um i mean Surely, like you know, you go down to you go down to ten men in the first two minutes of the game. You, you take one of your strikers off and you, you put a defender on, and you just keep it tight. But you you can't you can't be conceding nine goals twice in in a in a tenure in a yeah. coach's tenure. Surely,
0: and, and yeah, back to back seasons. Oh, on, on one hand, I, I I agree that looks bad. On the other, I go like this is a this is a, a game that like stands out in the season against all their other performances when they've otherwise played well. And after, after sort of five goals against 10 men, like you either have like a lot to comment on or like basically the game doesn't bear commenting because you're like by now the game's gone and everyone's heads are gone. And the difference between losing five nil and nine nil, other than being four goals, is like you got hammered either way.
1: Did you see the um, the comment from Hassan Hüttl after the game about when he was asked about his two nine nil losses? He said, it's definitely different than last time because last time we were definitely a shit team. Sorry I said this, but we had no identity and we were wobbling around back then. It's like we just lost 9 0. How can you say you were shit then? <laughs> if you
2: were shit then and you lost 9 0 now, like what what are you now?
4: Yeah. The league's a bit cheater. I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it's actually unheard of to have two 9 0 two losses in, in such a short space of time. Like, I uh, still have a job. <laughs>
2: have a job. Well, not only does he still have a job, but I've barely heard a bad word spoken about Hassan Hootel, and we certainly don't. And it was only a couple of episodes ago on the pod. I, I it feels like where we were gassing him up and having to field listener questions about like him going to you know, a massive massive job. Um, but he hasn't actually put Southampton into any sort of top half finishes since he's been at the club. They're sitting in twelfth now. Yeah, they've had some good uh performances, but I mean, he really needs to lift. I don't know what kind of Austrian Teflon he's using, but, like, nothing seems <laughs> to stick to him.
0: Well, no, sorry. He, ter- he turned them around from, like, looking like a relegation prospect and had copying that 9-0 and then, like, sort of, you know, produced a decent season in the end. So he gets credit for that. But if the end result is you're going to be mid-table forever and he flogged 9-0 once a season, I think that can be better.
1: Well, maybe this is his, is one of his tactics because they were down near the bottom last year and they lost 9-0 and were one of the best teams for the rest of the season. They're around mid-table and they lose 9-0 now. If they're one of the best teams for the rest of the season, they could end up in Europe. It's,
4: it's, <laughs> it's the slingshot. It's the
1: slingshot. They get a low base <laughs>
4: and they just shoot up. I don't know. It just, it, yeah, it just, yeah, I think Southampton are kind of in, in that mid-table and... And, and that's where they'll be. Like you, you can't have a team losing nine 0 and 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 making it a serious challenge for Europe. It's just they're, 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 I don't think they're mentally tough enough, especially if they they go behind, obviously like that. So and you see teams go down to ten men all the time, and they don't lose nine nil. So well,
0: yeah, Newcastle went down to nine for twenty minutes and won.
2: Few, few mentally tough teams. Uh, one team not known for their mental toughness though is Arsenal, and we just need to mention this game quickly. Given that we're an Australian podcast, we need to mention Matty Ryan's debut for Arsenal.
4: Huge performance. performance, George. I mean,
2: how did he go? How did he go?
4: He did real well. Looked, he didn't look that rusty at all. He, he sort of he made some he made some saves where he needed to make them. Um, he didn't didn't have any like show stopping saves, but he was actually tested quite a bit and and sort of stood up to the test. And he was probably Arsenal's shining light. Um
2: it looked like he made at least five or six saves from the highlights that I watched. I think um, um,
1: the stats had the stats down that he made seven saves and he was actually the highest statistically rated player on the field for the game. So he didn't officially get Premier League man of the match, but the sofa score, the statistics website, rated him the best player on the field.
4: And and to be fair to him, the, the goal they conceded in the first and oh, second yeah was a complete deflection and, and he had no chance with it. And it was just Cedric and, and the Arsenal defence just not being awake at the start of the game. So oh, can-
0: Role holding on another planet for that point. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't on the man, wasn't going for the ball, just left his legs open and got me. <laughs>
4: Bald fraud. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> He'd be feeling pretty, pretty, pretty annoyed because he, he did put in a good performance. But I think it'll mean he'll he'll stay in the team, I guess. So it'll it'll um, it be one to watch. And and Europa League's probably coming up in a week or two, I think. So he'll be getting a run of games, which is good.
2: And how long's Bert Leno out for? Just the one game?
4: I think yeah, it was just the the one game. But um, yeah, it'd be it'd be, it'd be tough on Maddie to, to drop him after that performance. Yeah,
2: we just need Burnt Leno to um, have a fight with um, Mope or um, or you know get another red card or two, and, and Matty will be away. Um, that, that's probably it for the um, uh, this week's games. But there were a few quite good ones midweek uh, that we should go back and talk about. Firstly, um, Brighton's first win over Liverpool since 1982. Liverpool's second successive home defeat after Burnley a week or so ago um, at Anfield. Boys' title defence over for Liverpool.
4: Well, they're playing city today, Colby, so I think, yeah, so it's, you know, I think it's that's all a bit, on the line today i was like, if, yeah. if, if they don't if they don't beat if they don't beat city today then yeah the title title um title run is over and, and it's looking pretty dire at the moment in terms of you know if if you're not picking if you're not picking up wins against brighton then you know and, and obviously the week before as well it it's, it doesn't bode well. i think their defensive fra- their defensive frailties are, are sort of coming coming to the fore like they they were hanging on they were hanging on with their makeshift you know midfield and yeah. defense. But I guess everyone's gonna say it's the forwards not scoring but I think it's uh, the whole balance of the team's a little bit off
0: if, if only if only there was no elite level um defender like dasma available
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad da was on I've been, I've been waiting waiting to drop that one in, in the in the chat but, no I think george George, george is a percent 100 right in that it's not just that you can see goals and it's not it, it affects the way they play out from the back, obviously, and it affects the confidence in midfield and yeah, you've got your guys who are the the best on the ball and best holding onto the ball and distributing it now playing twenty yards further back. So it it, it puts the whole team off. Um I am curious Kobe as to how you think they'll um they'll attack today, but maybe we'll we'll talk about that later.
2: Well, Liverpool typically lift against uh big teams like this as as we know and I think there's been a lot of chat about Liverpool sort of reverting back to really their level and, and where they were a couple of years ago, which is that they sort of lift against the big six teams because they match up quite well. The t- big six teams go after them. Um, and then they struggle against the likes of Brighton and Burnley um, and,
4: and teams that like to sit back. Um, well, Bri- Brighton kind of play a bit up. more like a top six team yeah. than, a, than, a, than a Burnley. They're just not as good, yeah. but, um, they, they still like to get get the ball on the deck, so I, I would they have got Liverpool
2: very well in this game, yeah. Brighton. You got You yeah. got to give him that. Like, I think two of their two of their back three, uh, surely man of the match. Like, they were just, yeah, just had a had a really good day out and and Liverpool and managed to actually
4: score for once. Didn't.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Liverpool had like five of their record signings out in this game. Obviously, no Van Dyke, Alisson, Keita, yeah. Jota, Babinio, and Mane all out for this one. Uh, is that enough of an excuse, Damon, or (laughs) should they still be putting away teams like Brighton? (laughs) Sorry
4: about the sneeze.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you the headphones off. Wow, (laughs) you would think an elite level club would have the depth to deal with a range of injuries, but they've just been dismantled by injuries for one reason or another. And they haven't had the quality to step in and and um, keep the same level of play. So I I don't know if you can put it down to
4: run being you know, over a couple, or
1: a couple of individuals being out. But I think, like Andy said before, and George as well, everything is just out of whack because you know players are playing in positions that they shouldn't be. You know, the whole team's just not not in balance.
4: Yeah, and and and, and I guess I guess they they had a pretty serious run for like three two, three seasons where where that that, that that main core of the squad, you know, they made the Champions League the year before. They they came second to City, that they, they won it. Um and there hasn't been much of a break. So those guys have that, that core of the squad have been playing pretty hard and, and at a pretty elite level for three years and and sort of something's got to give a little bit. So I'm not I wouldn't write them off like completely like the no. the whole sort of not dynasty, but, you know, that 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 period where they've been elite, uh, I wouldn't say that's over. I, I just think, yeah, as, as Damo said, they've just had a shocking run of injuries, key players, um, and, and sort of guys have, have formed slightly dips. So I, I, I wouldn't write them off. And, and I think today will be very, very interesting.
2: Uh, well, Liverpool on 40 points, uh, sitting in fourth, still uh, firmly in the top four race, um, scrapping out for the top four. Uh, but we also saw in this round um, a scrap for relegation, Sheffield and West Brom. Six-pointer if you've ever seen one. A uh, must-win for Sheffield, um, who are desperate to get some sort of a sniff of that miracle Premier League survival. Sheffield have now won three of their last five Premier League matches, as many as their last 27, but it's still 12 points off safety. Damo, is it possible?
1: Nah. It's possible for us to win the championship next season, but there's no way we're staying up. Uh, yeah, well,
0: I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of those ones where the results are starting to match up to some of the performances. Like there were so many games early in the season that you thought Sheffield could have got a point from that or could have got something from it. If, you,
1: if they can yeah. get some momentum now, I mean, the, the problem is now they're relying on another team. Above yeah, them, I above think it's. Them. I think it's too little, too late, and and I've been saying all season that the performances don't reflect the amount of points that they were getting or the results they were getting. And and I was saying, I'm, I'm not worried, the points will come, the points will come, but they just didn't come soon enough. 12 points off safety, we're relying on teams like Brighton, Newcastle to drop Burnley, points, yeah. Burnley to yeah. drop points. And these teams are going off and beating teams like Liverpool, Tottenham. So yeah. when when that's happening, there's not really much hope of making yeah. up 12 points.
0: I would have yeah. thought Newcastle,
1: but then they seem to have turned a corner all of a sudden. So. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but I, I don't think Sheffield United will finish last. I think I no, think they'll no, probably think finish so. in seventeenth. In well seventeenth is safe, so 17th I mean is 18th, safe, sorry. Eighteenth.
4: Eighteenth. <laughs> well That's what I uh, meant. Yeah, they're they're four points behind Fulham at the moment and one behind West Brom. Um so, and Fulham, yeah, there's a, there's now a gap between Fulham and Burnley from at seventeenth and eighteenth. Uh, respectively, of, of eight points, so even Fulham is starting to get uh, drop drop behind, and especially not being able to get a, a win last night uh, against West Ham.
1: Yeah, but but at least Liverpool have got the magical forty points; they're safe,
4: staying <laughs> up, staying up this season. Is, do you think it'll even be forty this year? Might might not even be forty. Oh so.
2: uh, well, well, Liverpool are forty now, so oh uh, uh, yeah, no, i Yeah, forty
4: will probably get you. You know.
2: Head table. Year. Yeah, yeah. But,
4: yeah.
2: A team who won't be getting forty points is West Brom, though. Boys, we should say a quick word about them. Is Big Sam leaving before the end of the season to uh, keep his perfect record intact.
4: <laughs> There'll be an asterisk on it. It'll be put an asterisk on the uh, on, on this on this managerial run. You know, it couldn't couldn't do enough business the transfer window, COVID, Brexit. All, all the excuses you want. Uh, I uh, definitely uh,
0: have Brexit. It will definitely have Brexit on his list. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: However, there was a Brexit manager. West Brom have conceded 26 in nine under Big Sam um, and they conceded 26 in 13 under Slav and Bilic. So a few people out there saying uh, that the club might have pulled the trigger a little bit too early on poor old Super Slav. West Brom are playing Spurs tonight though, so they could be in with a chance to, to turn it all around. Um, yeah. Spurs, meanwhile, uh, during the week went down one nil to your Chelsea, George, thanks to a Jorginho penalty. Um, big Data Damo suggests that Spurs have overperformed their XG by more than 12 goals. Um, boys, is clinical finishing paper, papering over the cracks of a broken style of football, George?
4: No, Damo's 100% right on this. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it, it, and, and the perfect example was the game against Chelsea where I think they had two shots on target the, the whole game and, and Vinicius had that header at the end of the game. But for the first 45 minutes, they didn't, get past halfway like there was maybe one break to son uh, and that was it they didn't even try and attack it was completely bonkers like they were playing at home you know chelsea's like third game with a new manager um chelsea dominating possession so you'd think spurs would press high and, and put the pressure on it and try and smash them on the break but they they did nothing it was really bizarre and you could, you, you, I don't think I've seen a team so defeated before. Before, like in in the first ten minutes of the game, just with no, with no idea, no no interest, no passion. Uh, they they watched it the up Southampton like, game again. Yeah, yeah. Now that's I mean they had an excuse of a place and not so. It's really bad, and and, and it's the trend that's been uh, it's a consistent trend for the last sort of um, month or month or two where they, they, they've been playing like this. And Son and Kane have been getting them out of jail with, with being clinical and and and. And outperforming their XG because they've they've been taking their two or three chances a game in scoring and scoring and and that's and it has been sort of covering over the, the the way they've been playing football and um you know results have been papering over those cracks and and it was really really evident um, in the game against Chelsea that that style of play is, is you're on a hard into nothing because you're not actually getting the balls so you you're sitting back the whole game waiting for your one chance and if if you don't have Harry Kane playing. Then you lose your link man and and your deadliest finisher. So um, Kane's been Kane's been keeping them where they're at, but um, with, with him out, it's really really evident.
2: This has been vindicated uh, demo XG chat. There's been a lot of Boys. XG hate uh, this week coming coming across uh, to the pod. What are you, what, are you, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, data is rendered useless without uh, interpretation, um, and people just look at. XG and go, it's it's like the old uh we had more possession, so we should have won kind of uh kind of argument. But I mean it it, it's not a good indicator of who should have won the game. It's just a good indicator of the quality of chances that you're creating. And clearly Spurs aren't creating good quality chances. And that's reflect that's reflected in the amount of goals they've scored in their last uh four games. Um I think they've scored what is it oh I mean they scored five goals in four minutes against Wickham, the bottom of the championship. But apart from that, they've really, really struggled to score goals for the last, better part of the last four weeks. Um, and I think Mourinho lost – he's lost three games in a row. Pochettino didn't lose first three time. games in a row I think it's the first, first
4: time he's lost three in a row as well. So,
1: you know, a lot of things are going wrong at Spurs.
2: Andy, how many times are we going to find out uh, that Jose's a fraud?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'll say – <laughs>
0: If we, if we, if we, yeah. How filters. Um. If all if we did live in the parallel universe where they continued up, that Spurs, Spurs continued with this like you know run of clinical finishing and bailing themselves out of games. You know that we would be saying that this is the Mourinho masterclass, and and he's and he's back, and and look at how his, his teams always do this. Like that's that's how they play. They bite pressure on, and then they catch everyone. So uh, I don't think he's any more of a fraud than he has been for the last. Five, six, seven seasons, but
1: fifteen years. Fifteen years, years <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, since
0: he last since since he last won that Champions League and, and that treble that doesn't really count.
4: They can't. Um, they can't get bailed out because you won't even put bail on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: that was the, one- the um... <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly was that the- that one.
1: What was the quote from um, a reporter asked why he didn't why he didn't play bail and he said oh, that's a good question, you know, um, I'm not yeah, gonna you know, give <laughs> yeah. 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 that, that, that was the gold. Tony
0: that was the Tony Abbott like refusal to answer questions. that's like, just, just not that, you know, a that, that tactic for a long time. Like, oh no. <laughs>
1: when he got asked if he'd go to his sister's wedding. What's going on with uh, with, with Gareth Bale? I've, I mean, I've, I've read a report from Marca this week that um, Spurs and Mourinho have questioned his his appetite to play football and don't want to extend his loan for next year. But I mean, Madrid are desperate to offload him because of his wages are so you know so high. They need to get rid of him, but their only real hope was that Spurs were going to take him.
4: Yeah, there's Man's no left. chance. There's no chance to take. Him. I mean, he, 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 is he washed? Though that's the thing. I, I think he is, but I, I would like to see him get a run of games so we can conclusively say he's washed. Because he, he's, he's, not gonna...
1: he's got, he's got into Miami written all over him, and all those golf courses in Florida. All those golf courses. Yeah, he's on the <laughs> <Yeah>. greens already.
4: <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I think, yeah, the problem is he came here and then London was locked down. So <laughs> golf, no, no dice for golf. And then what, and did,
1: then I re- what did I read today? It was. Um, Wales, golf, Madrid, Spurs, in that order.
0: <laughs> foot, football, foot, Wales, Wales, <laughs> golf, football.
4: Yeah, um, yeah it, does, it hasn't been a good move, and uh, I, I, I guess, yeah, it, who, who actually thought it was ever going to work with him and Mourinho? He, Bale's is not the type of guy that, that Mourinho sort of would would rely on, and and you know he's not that sort of workhorse. You know, sacrificing for the team and 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 running all day. It, you know, he's he's a bit more of a luxury player, and, and those guys often fall out with Mourinho.
2: I think we just have to wait for the uh, the tell-all autobiography from from Gareth Bale to find out really what was going on. And I think it's going to be, you know, I, I fell out of love with football, but I didn't fall yeah. out of love with the money that was uh, going to afford me my golfing retirement. So. Well, how,
4: I mean, how long has he? You wouldn't have that much longer left on his contract, probably one more season after this, I think. So, yeah. Um,
1: think and Madrid- another interesting note is that I'm pretty sure um, every single player in the Madrid first team squad uh, signed a 10% wage cut last season due to, you know, hardships because of COVID and Gareth Bale was the only person who refused to sign that. So it's, that's a big fuck you to Madrid. Then I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, they had the perfect chance to let him go off to China, you know, the start yeah. of last season. Well, that's season. why I and did it.
4: That's why I told him to fuck you. That's why and the for whole some
1: of- reason they just said, no, no, come back. We need you. And then they didn't play him anyway. <laughs> Yeah,
4: they 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 panicked because they did they 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 weren't sure they had anyone to to fill fill his gap in the squad and 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 they didn't they didn't sell him. They told him they would, and then he basically just sat on his ass and played golf last season. And, and...
2: boys, we've got a we've got an update on our more than a game uh, fantasy Premier League comp, uh, MTAG FPL. Our own Jesse, uh, who can't be on the pod this week, continues his sparkling form this season retaining the overall competition lead by about 35 points. Uh, not a lot in in fancy terms, but Jesse's still firmly at the top. Um, however, this month, Jesse was beaten to the prize in January, and it's a new name who takes out the month's prize. Um, this guy's name is Mace Carana. He takes out the prize by 13 points, so congrats to Mace. Get in touch with us to collect your monthly prize. We're not announcing this on social media, so you have to be listening to the pod. Yeah. Also a reminder that last month's winner, Michael Emerson-Jones, needs to collect his prize. Uh, <laughs> come forward, so. Please
0: report to Colby's house. Please collect
2: please, please you your want trial your money, from the, from uh, the
0: cashier. Yeah.
2: If you're listening to the pod and you know Michael Emerson-Jones, um, you know, <laughs> ask him firstly why he's not listening to the pod. Uh, and secondly, um, you can tell him to get in touch with us. Otherwise, we're just going to have to do something else with your prize. I, I don't know what what we're going to do with it. If any listeners have any suggestions <laughs> about what we should do, where we should send his prize, hit us up if you've got an idea. Um, and we'll also, in the next couple of weeks, be restarting our A League Survivor Tipping Competition. We might introduce rules this time, like actually enforce them, uh, and we might introduce prize money. You never know. Uh, so that one will be back soon. So watch out! Uh, watch out uh, to all of our social media channels uh, for uh, details of that one and all those details. Uh, will be in the notes to this podcast.
1: Can we just get a quick uh, run through of what we think the results overnight might be in the the Premier League? Obviously, there's a few big games. There's Spurs, West Brom, which we spoke about before, Liverpool, City, Sheffield United, Chelsea, and then Wolves versus Leicester. So they're all quite, um, I mean, important games for us on this pod, plus a few exciting games to watch. What do we think the results will be?
2: I think that Liverpool and City is going to be a scoring draw. First of all, any advances on that?
1: No, I think City uh,
2: City, City
4: will uh, win three one.
1: and uh, George, what's your prediction for Sheffield United Chelsea?
4: Uh, I think both teams have trouble scoring, so I think it might be a one one. Um, it won't be high scoring. There's there's no ch- if Timo Werner plays, uh, it, Chelsea won't score. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> off, Ferner Now, <laughs> I mean, I mean, have you seen him? Have you seen? I've never seen a man so devoid of confidence in my life. So, I think Leicester should
2: do the business against Wolves. Yeah, uh, in the form that yeah. Leicester are in, and Leicester have got yep. a real sniff um, at a title challenge now. So they need to they need to keep that going and and get up over Wolves, which I think they can do. Leeds and Palace will be an interesting one, but you could see Palace's defense going either way. Like sometimes they defend brilliantly, and sometimes they just get. Carved yeah, open. it
4: depends who who turns yeah. up. But, yeah, but I, I think Palace. I, I think I, I would back Palace's defense in actually I, I, in this one. So uh, I think they might sneak a win.
1: Is um biggest question though is Mourinho going to get some more filters before the morning?
0: I think start making the moves now.
2: Yeah, Damien, <laughs> I you got to you got to prepare them early because you Let's know them. you know they're coming.
0: Let's start inflating him right now. Yeah. It's just, yeah.
2: <laughs> pumping him up I think I think we need to I think we need to have like a a fat filter sort of power rankings demo and just um you know, who who's the who's the fattest manager of the week and just like you know they, they just keep ratcheting up until Man, they burst
1: t- Tuckles looking far too lean for me well, yeah I don't think the filters will work
4: for him I don't know if that'll work he's he's, just, he's flesh and bones
0: he's like a grasshopper he's he's so lean yeah. and like one All thing is the that cool. things that that Twitter and, and like the soccer like memes produce, like the fad filters has got to be my favorite. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's funny every single time. I don't I haven't laughed any less since the very first one.
2: Same. Everyone, I'm still like, yep, this is this is a fresh joke, even though and everyone I, else has probably moved on. And for someone but, like like or
0: Frank, or like when, when Frank takes his next job, he has to like get a run of wins before they can decrease, like he has to stay fat before
1: yeah (laughs) well i think
2: so i think that's what that that's what we should be doing like it's only after a couple of wins where and then we can just show them slowly just coming back down to normal (laughs)
4: uh
2: all right well um so yeah something that's not lean is um our episode run time so we'll leave it there for today boys uh thanks thanks all for joining us thank you all for listening uh, enjoyed...
0: George is trying to show us the snow George is trying to show us the snow
2: I didn't know what he was trying to do with that camera angle um you know if you are if you are listening to this on the on the podcast version where 90% of our listeners still come from then I was also, you jump onto our YouTube channel because the, the podcast version will be tightly edited. Got a great editor on board uh, helping us out at the moment, so the editing will be very tight, and you'll miss out on most of these shenanigans. But um, go onto the YouTube <laughs> version if you want it. If you want to laugh,
0: I won't be on the podcast episode. We're like, <laughs>
4: <laughs> you'll be on there.
2: Yeah. A, a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff before you jumped on the pod won't be on there, Andy. You, if you've enjoyed the show today, we'd love it if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts or just shout us out to your mates. Shout us out on social media. Um, like, tell other people to listen to the pod. Because that's why we do the pod.
4: Boys, I've got uh, just a, just a quick one. I mean, the, the A League's looking more exciting than the Premier League at the moment. I've got to say so. so
2: big big section those... in this podcast, George, uh, about how how good the A League's been. Right at the top, we basically talked about how this is pretty much the best start to a season yeah. that we've been in years, and so it's timely that you should say that.
4: for, for all those U- European listeners in, uh, who've got BT Sport, I've just figured out A League is on there in the morning, so.
2: Get on and watch the, the highlights from this weekend if, if you're not across yeah. the A-League um, because it's just – it's it's hotting up at the moment. There are just goals everywhere. And misses. Um, and miss And, misses, and yeah. misses. But like a lot, a lot of good stuff uh, happened this weekend and in the past couple of weeks. You can also follow the pod on, on social media. As we said, we, we link to all of those in the show notes. You can follow us on YouTube if you want the live version that comes out a couple of days before the pod. Next week, we'll be back with match day 24 of the Premier League and A-League match week eight. But until then, enjoy the football.